So, I've decided to do a halakha for Ramadan, which is going to be studying the names of Allah, or learning about the names, not really studying them, but learning about them. Asma Allah al-Husna, the most beautiful names of Allah. Now, why have I decided to do this? What's the intention? Well, Allah states in the Quran, and to Allah belong the best names, so invoke him by them. And this is in Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah 180. And then there's also a hadith that mentions that the Prophet said that Allah has 99 names. Whoever memorizes and embraces these qualities will enter heaven. So inshallah, throughout the days of Ramadan, we'll learn about the 99 names that Allah has and inshallah we'll be able to memorize them if in your own time just write them down um, if you can and just let's learn Allah's names but I did want to also mention that Allah doesn't just have 99 names he has many more but these are the specific ones that we're going to be discussing which is from Imam al-Ghazali's book the 99 names of Allah so let's start Allah Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. These words should be so familiar to you, you should know them like the back of your hand. I'm sure you know why. Allah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. Yep, we say it in Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. This is the phrase we always say when we're praying, when we're reciting verses from the Quran, when we're starting something, when we want to remember Allah. It's the, verse, the first verse in the first surah of the Quran, Al-Fatiha. So now let's get into the meaning of each of these names of Allah and let's start with the first one, the most glorious, Allah, the name that many of us refer to our creator by. So this name is the greatest of them all because it encompasses Allah's majestic nature and the beautiful attributes linked to his name. So every other name of Allah, we can say that it refers to a single attribute. But with Allah, it's the most specific of names because it's only used for Him, for our Lord. So it's this, this name of Allah, it's so unique, it's so divine, it's so well known that it doesn't need to be defined by any other attribute. In the Quran, إِنَّنِي أَنَا اللَّهُ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا أَنَا فَاعْبُدُونِي وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ لِذِكْرِي I am God and there is no God but I. So serve me and observe acts of prayers to remember me. This is from Surah Taha, Ayah 14. Now I'm gonna re recite something, or not recite, but read something from Imam al-Ghazali's book, which is talking about the name of Allah. So this is a lesson. You should know that this name is the greatest of the 99 names of God, great and glorious, because it refers to the essence which unites all the attributes of divinity, so that none of them is left out. Whereas each of the remaining names only refers to a single attribute, knowledge, power, agency, and the rest. It is also the most specific of the names, since no one uses it for anyone other than him, neither literally nor metaphorically, whereas the rest of the names may name things other than he, as in the powerful, the knowing, the merciful, and the rest. So in these two respects, it seems that this name is the greatest of these names. So that's the name of Allah, the first name that we were going through. And now we're moving on to Ar-Rahman. 
Subhanallah, Ar-Rahman is not only one of Allah's many names, but I'm sure many of you know that it's also a surah in the Quran, Surah Ar-Rahman. And Subhanallah, Surah Ar-Rahman, Allah is continuously reminding us of all the blessings He has bestowed upon us. From that ayah about the seas that merge together, I'm sure you've seen it in videos and images. From fruits to water to everything in between, Allah is continuously and constantly reminding us of His blessings in Surah Ar-Rahman, which is so befitting because the name Ar-Rahman means the most gracious, infinitely good. And SubhanAllah, I mentioned Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim, where the, those are the names that we're going to be discussing. And so SubhanAllah, when you look at the names of both Rahman and Rahim, when we look at it from a linguistic point of view, from a morphological point of view, the root of both names are Ra, Ha, and Mim. And these words also form, these letters, Ra, Ha, Mim, will also form the word for womb. The womb which a female carries a baby, typically for nine months. SubhanAllah, how merciful our Lord is, how generous, how gracious. And so when we look at specifically the word Ar-Rahman, Interestingly, we've got the ending an at the end of it. And this an implies intensity. It signifies how intensely gracious and good our Lord is. And I'll be reciting a verse from the Quran. Say, O Prophet, call upon Allah or call upon the most compassionate. Whichever you call, he has the most beautiful names. Do not recite your prayers too loudly or silently, but seek a way between. This is from Surah Al-Isra, Ayah, ayah verse 110. So SubhanAllah, Allah is saying here that you can either call him by Allah or call him by the most compassionate, Ar-Rahman. You, whatever you want, whatever you please, all these names are beautiful. He has the most beautiful of names, Asma'ullahi al-Husna. And then, subhanAllah, there's also this hadith where the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Verily, on the day Allah created the heavens and the earth, He created 100 parts of mercy. Each part can fill what is between the heavens and the earth. He made one part of mercy for the earth from which a mother has compassion for her child. Animals and birds have compassion for each other. And on the day of resurrection, he will perfect this mercy. So subhanAllah, just to clarify this hadith, Allah has a hundred parts of mercy, okay? And he's only made one part of it on this earth for us. That's why we are so, that's why some of us show mercy to others because we have a part of mercy from Allah. And subhanAllah, the rest of these mercies, the 99 other ones, are going to be left for us for Yawm Al-Qiyam, for Judgment Day, for Allah to forgive us, to show His mercy. Can you imagine just, we've, we only have one part of mercy in this earth, and all the rest is for the Day of Judgment. So, can you imagine how, our, how merciful our Lord is, subhanAllah? And now when we look at Ar-Rahim, which is also derived from Rahamim, it means mercy, the merciful. And subhanAllah, here you've got the ending im, rahim. And this im denotes continuity. 
So it's showing how continuously merciful our Lord is. So even when we stray, even when we do wrong, our Lord is continuously merciful towards us. He is Ar-Rahim. And then I'm going to recite an ayah, a verse from the Quran. He is the one who showers his blessings upon you and his angels pray for you so that he may bring you out of darkness and into light for he is ever merciful to the believers. And this is from Surah Al-Ahzab, Ayah 43, verse 43. And SubhanAllah, I've been listening to some like lectures and things about um, the names of Allah before doing this, for, before starting this uh, club and before starting this room. And I recall one sheikh mentioning that how Rahman, Ar-Rahman, the name was used for all mankind. So Ar-Rahman is, is merciful for all mankind, whereas Ar-Rahim is specifically for believers. It's typically used for believers. So Allah is Ar-Rahman, most gracious to all mankind, to everyone. But He is specifically Ar-Rahim, the merciful to believers. SubhanAllah, Allahu Akbar. Um, so now I'm going to go back to Imam Al-Ghazali's book and read about Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. Perfect mercy is pouring out benefaction to those in need and directing it to them for their care. And inclusive mercy is when it embraces deserving and undeserving alike. The mercy of God, great and glorious, is both perfect and inclusive. Perfect in as much as it wants to fulfill the needs of those in need and does meet them. And inclusive in as much as it embraces both deserving and undeserving, encompassing this world and the next and includes bare necessities and needs and special gifts over and above them. So he is utterly and truly merciful. So subhanAllah, this is saying how we can do wrong sometimes, we can, be, we can do negative things, we can wrong people. But even throughout this, Allah is the most merciful and he is always going, going to show you mercy, no matter if you're deserving it or undeserving it, subhanAllah. And now, um, this is the second part of Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim in Imam Al-Ghazali. And it's saying that um, man's share in the name Ar-Rahman lies in his showing mercy to the negligent, dissuading them from the path of negligence towards God, great and glorious, by extortion and counseling, by way of gentleness, not violence, regarding the disobedient with eyes of mercy and not contempt, letting every insubordination perpetrated in the world be as his own misfortune, so sparing no effort to eliminate it to the extent that he can. All out of mercy to the disobedient, lest they be exposed to God's wrath and so deserve to be removed from proximity to him. And his share in the name Ar-Rahim lies in not turning away from any needy persons without meeting their needs to the extent of his ability, nor turning from any poor in his neighborhood or town without committing himself to him and ridding them of their poverty, either from his own wealth or reputation, or by interceding on their behalf with another. And if he be unable to do all that, he should assist them by prayer or by showing grief on account of their need in sympathy and love towards them, as though he were thereby sharing in their misfortune and their need. So this part is saying how we can, as human beings, yes, we're not Ar-Rahman, we're not Ar-Rahim, that's only for Allah, but SubhanAllah, we can take just a 
small bit of that bit of Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim and implement it in an, into our own daily lives. So when we see someone who is struggling, we pray for them, we give them mercy in that way. And now to the second, the last part, which is, you might say, what does it mean for him, the most high, to be merciful and to be the most merciful of those who are merciful? For one who is merciful does not see people afflicted or injured, tormented or sick, without hastening to remove that condition when he can do so. But the Lord, praise be to him, most high, has the power to meet every affliction, to save off every need and distress, to eliminate every sickness and to remove every harm. Even though he leaves his servants to be tried by disasters and hardships, while the world is overflowing with disease, calamities, and tribulations, yet he's able to remove them all. The merciful one certainly wants good for the one who receives mercy. Yet there is no evil in existence which does not contain some good within it. And were that evil to be eliminated, the good within it would be nullified. And the final result would be an evil worse than the evil containing the good. The certain amputation of the hand is an evident evil, yet within it lies an ample good, the health of the body. If one were to forgo the amputation of the hand, the body would perish as a result, a worse evil still. So amputating a hand for the health of the body is an evil which contains good within it. But the primary intention which comes first in the consideration of one amputating is health and an unadulterated good. Yet, since amputating the hand is the way to achieve it, amputation is intended for the sake of that good. So health was sought for itself first, and the amputation second for the sake of the other, and not for itself. They both enter into the intention, but one of them is intended for itself, and the other for the sake of the first. And what is intended for its own sake takes precedence over that which is intended for the sake of the other. Here the saying of God, great and glorious, is a propos. My mercy precedes my anger. His anger is his intending evil, so evil is by his intention, while his mercy is his intending good, so good is by his intention. But if he intended good for the good itself, yet intended evil not for itself, but because there is some good within it, then good is accomplished essentially, but evil is accomplished accidentally, and each according to divine decree. So nothing here goes against mercy at all. So subhanAllah, this is, I, I mean, Imam Ghazali is very poetic in his writing. And subhanAllah, so it's saying that even within bad things or negative things that happen to us, there is always good that will come out of it. And we need to look at everything with a positive light. We need to look at it. We need to change our perspective. So when we're when something's happening to us, when a calamity is happening to us, we need to look at it and be like, okay, yes, this is this is I'm I'm suffering. I'm hurt. I'm going through a hardship. But we need to look at it from a different perspective. We need to remember the ayah. Um, God does not burden the soul beyond its repair and the other verse in the Quran and I've, 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 I've always read this verse but recently like within the few past few years I, I saw like a post or something which said that with and, you know, I would always just pass over this verse and be like, oh, yeah, hardship comes ease. But it's barely with hardship comes ease. 
with, with, the preposition with. So with every hardship that you're going through, you will also have ease. It's not either or. It's not going to be your whole life is going to be easy. It's not going to be that your whole life is just hard. No, you're going to have hard and ease at the same time. And that, and that just shows how merciful our Lord is. So when we're going through something hard, we need to, we need to actually realize that Allah is Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. He is the most merciful and He is always with us and He is always giving us ease even when we are going through hardship. So with that, I'm going to end today's room, today's episode, which is which was on the first three names of Allah, Allah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. And I do want to end it with a dua, inshallah. Um, so Bismillah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Ya Rabbi, Ya Allah, You are ar-Rahman. You are You are ar-Rahim. You are the most merciful. You are the most compassionate. You are the most good. You know that we are weak. You know that we go through trials, Ya Allah. You know that sometimes we stray from your from the right path, from the correct path, Ya Allah. You know that sometimes we stray to the bad. You know that sometimes we find it hard to love and find mercy in your creation and your blessings, Ya Allah. But Ya Allah, you are Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. You are the most compassionate. You are the most good, the most merciful. So Ya Allah, please let us remember always your name, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. Let us always remember that you are always merciful. You are always good. You are always compassionate. And let us just always remember that with every hardship comes ease. And so when we are going through any hardship, Ya Allah, you do not burden a soul beyond what it can handle. Let us let us pray for our sisters and brothers in in Yemen, in Palestine, in Uyghur, in China, in Bangladesh, in every country, Ya Allah. So many people are going through so many things, Ya Allah, and you alone know how much they need you. You alone are the one who can help them and save them. You are Ar-Rahman, you are Ar-Rahim, you are the most compassionate, you are the most merciful. So Ya Allah, please, please forgive us. Today is the first day of Ramadan for many of us and we are fasting or some of us have broken our fast, some of us are waiting to break our fast. So Ya Allah, please accept this first day from us. Please accept the rest of the days from us. Ya Allah, you are Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. Show us your mercy, show us your compassion, show us your good while we are fasting. Allow us to do good, allow us to be merciful, allow us to be compassionate, allow us to be good to other people. Ya Allah, Ya Allah. Bismillah. Wa akhir da'wana, inna alhamdulillah. Wa la ilaha illallah, wa Allahu akbar.